Sorry oh. about that. Yeah. Sorry, I, everybody. We just had through a technical difficulty. So we're going to conclude part two of the MLB segment, but we're going to pick up where we left off in part three. Talking about the slow approach of Alex Verdugo is we're going to talk about our opening day preview right now, everybody. So uh, we talked about that, that this is going to be a learning experience for Alex Verdugo. You and I both think he's going to start in the future, but how, what Roberts is, what, what Rob, what the, in the direction that Roberts is going in, it's, he just kind of wants him to kind of sit and, and uh, watch have him start as a reserve player and then when Pollock needs maintenance days then you expect Verdugo to go to center field yeah I do and um you know we we talked about it in the last part uh for the MLB segment it's kind of like when you have Patrick Mahomes sit behind Alex uh, Smith for 14 games you know you're learning the day ins and you know the day in day out approach of guys you know you're learning about how to approach different pitchers how to prepare your body day in and day out. And, you know, I think that's a great thing for Verdugo to learn. Uh, certainly young guy, 22, has a lot of room to grow. Um, you know, if you really wanted to jump, you know, throw him in there in the everyday lineup, you, you honestly could um, because he's got, a good, he's got a good enough ability to hit the baseball um, on, you know, for, for average to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, having him, having him you know, kind of sit on the bench – for, you know, a majority of the season, just, you know, and learn really not a bad thing at all. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think so. So like we talked about here, I, now with that being said, we'll talk about the opening day lineup of the Dodgers that I predicted in just a minute here. So uh, let's talk about what to expect on opening day first for the Dodgers and Diamondbacks. So AJ Pollock, it's weird that he's going to be playing against his old team on opening day, beginning on Thursday when the Dodgers take on the Diamondbacks for a four, four game series. But, at the same time, I expect this Dodger team to to get off to a 4-0 start and sweep this Diamondbacks team to begin the year. That's what yeah. I expect. Yeah, I fully expect them to do that as well. Um, I expect everything to be I, – I expect them to just be completely in rhythm. Um, you know, obviously there may be some hiccups. You're trying some things. Uh, you know, we'll see how um, – I, I, I will I, – I'll – I'm interested to see right away how Corey Seager steps into the opening day lineup and, um, you know, how his swing is rhythmically. Um, you, you could maybe tell me a little bit more about how he's been looking spring training, you know, in, in spring training, but obviously it's a different element uh, when you step onto the field for opening day. He looks great. He is ready for opening day. He's checked all the boxes. I saw in, in last week's spring training game against the Cubs, he homered and, uh, He's just ready to go. And uh, tonight when the Dodgers play the Angels in their second-to-last exhibition game, Kenta Maeda is taking the mound. So when we talk about the opening day rotation for the Dodgers, is obviously Ryu's going opening day in place of Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw's going to start the year on the injured list with, uh, with a shoulder issue, left shoulder inflammation. And then Ross Stripling's going Friday against Robbie Ray, assumingly, and then Zach Godley against uh, Kenta Maeda on Saturday, and then Luke Weaver and Walker Bueller to close out the series on Sunday. Okay. All right. No problem. And, uh, you know, I, me and you talked about that. We, me, me and you talked about, I kind of thought that Walker Bueller would have gotten the nod, but I mean, I don't, I don't really mind throwing him in the number four spot. Yeah. Cause he wasn't, he, he kind of took some time off in spring training just so that he could be built up slowly for the season. And, uh, even though Kershaw is going to start the, on the injured list, along with Rich Hill, who was also in the mix for that opening day start, I think I expect Henry Ryu to have a very good opening day. Have, and yeah. He's going to have a good outing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think so. And then, and then next Monday, who's going to be starting when the Dodgers take on the Giants is Julio Urias, who I did, who I was a little confused. Like, is he going to start the year in the bullpen? And now with Hill being out with torn with a left MCL strain, then they throw in Julio Urias in there. 
Yeah. Um, interesting one. Um, I've talked about a couple of times that for me personally, uh, just because he's coming off of, you know, he, he's coming off of shoulder problems. I would have rather him started the year in AAA because I kind of want him to just focus on, you know, just getting a feel back for pitching. I don't want him and I don't want him doing that in a high leverage environment like playing in a major league game. Um, but I mean, look, if if he's looked good enough in spring training and if he's shown that, you know, he's he's ready to, you know, kind of step in in that role, then by all means, go right ahead. But uh, I, I just would have personally preferred to allow him to kind of come along a little slower uh, with his, you know, w- with his um, with his comeback down in triple uh, A. And then, uh, obviously, we know that Kershaw is going to be out with left shoulder inflammation. I think his timeline to return is around two to three weeks, but I would not expect the Dodgers to rush him back at this point. No, I don't think it's necessary to. Too early on in the year, it's kind of like what we were talking about with Jose Ramirez. You know, it's like just it, it, it just let him kind of rehab, do his thing, let him get his, let him get himself fully healthy because you need him at the important points of the season. Yes, it's a long season, so what I care about is that Clayton Kershaw is healthy for the latter part of the season so that we get him, we have him healthy for those stretch runs like August, September, and then when postseason comes, have him ready in October. Yeah, those are the times when you need him. You're not, you know, you, you shouldn't be desperate to throw him up there on the mound in an, you know, in an early April game. You know, the, you, you need him for later in the year for that playoff push you know, for that, you know, to, to compete for a World Series. You know, right now it's important for him to just get healthy. So you heard about the Kershaw injury that he's not going to start opening day. This is the first time that a different starting pitcher for the Dodgers will start on opening day other than Kershaw. And this is the first time it happened since 2010. And what I expect from this Dodger team on opening day is that they're going to face Zach Greinke, who's going to be their opening day starter for the Diamondbacks. I expect the Dodgers to kind of get to him early. And if you don't get to him early, then he's going to find a groove. Yeah, no, you cannot allow him to get into a rhythm. Early on, you know, he's just going to, you know, early on you're trying to get a feel for what pitches are going to be working in that game. Um, you know, how the, you know, how your breaking ball is coming out of your hand, location on your fastball, things like that. That's where you have to get him because as Granky goes along in the game, better with that location on that fastball, you know, um, obviously able to mix up his pitches extremely well and really, really effective the deeper he goes into a game. So you have, if you're the Dodgers, you have to jump on opportunities right away uh, to be able to put runs up on the board. Yes, and Zach Greinke used to be a Dodger, and he's won. He's beat the Dodgers, I think, twice last year. But I expect this Dodger team to kind of, kind of wear him out when, when, uh, when, uh, when opening day comes. And I do expect this Dodger team to win a big. I'm going to say the Dodgers are going to win. I think six nothing. Yeah, that seems like a reasonable score to me. Um, you know, I, I think that this Diamondbacks lineup is, you know, we is is too. Too weak. I mean, you have a couple of guys in the lineup. You have a, you know, obviously David Peralta is going to be your main factor. I mean, you take those, you take him and, uh, you know, Adam Jones, maybe could tell Marte, you take them out of the lineup and, you know, they're, pre- they're, uh, they're incredibly vulnerable and very weak up and down. Yeah. So now I'll t- give you my projected lineup for the Arizona Diamondbacks first when it comes to the opening day lineup for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I have leading off is David Peralta hitting second is, uh, is hitting second is Steven Souza Jr. Hitting third is hitting third is the first baseman Jake Lamb. Hitting fourth is the uh, hitting fourth is the uh, center fielder Adam Jones. 
Hitting fifth is the uh, hitting fifth is the uh, third baseman Eduardo Escobar. Hitting sixth is the shortstop Nick Ahmed. Hitting seventh is the catcher Alex Avila, and hitting eighth is the second baseman Cattell Marte. Yeah, I do like that lineup a lot. Um, I especially like having Marte at the eighth spot. I think having um, you know, having a guy like Marte who is not only a switch hitter but has a lot of speed uh, at the bottom of the lineup certainly helps to be able to turn over the lineup effectively. Yes, and also we talked about this before when it comes to the lineup, when it, which, which stands out to me. You're getting a healthy Jake Lamb back, which is going to be big for this Diamondbacks team. Yeah, that's I, huge. And I think Nick Ahmed is going to be that next breakout star on the Diamondbacks and be the next face of the Arizona Diamondbacks franchise now that Paul yeah. Goldschmidt's gone. Yeah, which, uh, you know, we can talk about for hours how stupid the Paul Goldschmidt move was. But, um, you know, I like Nick Ahmed a lot. I think he's going to grow um, this year, take a step forward, be a breakout player. Jake Lamb is huge for them because, you know, big-time talent, 30-home run guy, uh, not a great hitter against lefties, but he'll certainly grow into that. Um, but a dude that you can throw in the middle of your lineup and, and you know, he'll produce tremendous pop uh, for you. So, you know, he's going to kind of be – him and David Peralta – and, you know, maybe Adam Jones are going to pretty much be the anchors in that lineup this year. And I said I had uh, Adam Jones hitting fourth in the lineup for the Diamondbacks when it's their opening day lineup. Yeah, yeah, I, I could agree with that. I mean, he's a he's a nice I, – I, I think if you could put him anywhere in the lineup, I'd probably put him in the four hole. I mean, it's not a super deep lineup. Um, and he, as far certainly as far as power goes, it's not a super deep lineup. And he's a dude that obviously can give you 20, 25 home runs. Yes, and then obviously I forgot to mention who's going to hit ninth and is the is obviously the pitcher uh, Zach Greinke. Yeah, starting on opening day. Yeah, and then let's go to the Dodgers. So I have now for the opening day lineup for the Dodgers and how I expect it to happen. It's going to be like this: I have Jock Peterson leading off and playing left field, Corey Seager hitting second and playing shortstop, Justin Turner hitting third, and then hitting fourth is Max Muncy. Hitting fifth is AJ Pollock. Hitting sixth is Cody Bellinger. Hitting seventh is the is Kike Hernandez. And hitting eighth is the catcher, Austin Barnes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I do. I like that lineup a lot, actually. And then Russell Martin. Well, I would expect Russell Martin to start the day game in that series at the yeah. at the at the concluding game of that series because it's a day game after a night game. Walker Bueller's on the mound, and I would expect Russell Martin to catch uh, Russell Martin to catch uh, Walker Bueller on that Sunday. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And then Barnes will start. Opening day, he'll start Friday when Stripling's on the mound, and then I think he'll catch Kenton Maeda on Saturday. When it comes to what my, what I expect, how many for the starts I expect for uh, Austin Barnes. Okay, all right, I can see that. And then and then obviously with Granky on the mound, who's a righty, then obviously I expect uh, Jock to be in there, and then most likely Robbie Ray's going to get the game two start for the Diamondbacks against the Dodgers. I I'm familiar with him; he's a Dodger killer. So I would expect Chris Taylor to be in the lineup and start and lead off in left field. And then I yeah. don't know if Corey's going to play in that. I'm not too sure about that yet. So, yeah, I think early on, I you know, I I kind of just expect Corey to have like every other day off. You know, kind of just to bring him back along slowly, not really rush his uh, rush his comeback. So for me, it's going to be like an every other day type of thing for Corey. With Robbie Ray starting, I would expect. Uh, I would expect Seager to sit the, the game when Ray, Ray starts so that uh, Kike goes to short, Chris Taylor goes to second, and then Alex Verdugo gets and gets the start in left field with Pollock and uh, Bellinger in right, and then Muncie stays in there. And then, and then I think David Free should start the day game after a night game when Justin Turner gets the day off. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Because I don't expect David Freeze to be in there every day, unless no. if there's a unless if there's a, a left-handed starter that Roberts really likes him in, then I would put David Freeze in there. Yeah, it's him being in there is either mostly going to be for pinch hitting appearances, or if he starts, it's going to be incredibly matchup dependent. If it's a matchup dependent that Roberts likes him in, like say if it's a good left-handed pitcher that he needs runs off of, yeah, then you might have to you might have to sit Muncie and then get uh, get Freeze in there. But all in all, Muncie and Bellinger are going to be in the lineup every day. Yeah, I agree with you. So now let's talk about your game on uh, Thursday when your New York Mets take on the uh, Washington Nationals. It's going to be a great pitching matchup between Jacob deGrom against Max Scherzer. So I think this is going to be a pitcher's duel, but I think what it's going to come down to is I think it's going to whoever is hitting last will win the game. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, I think it's going to be a no decision for both pitchers, and I think it's going to be decided by the bullpen. I agree with you definitely. Um, you know, primetime pitching matchup as far as starters are concerned. Scherzer and DeGrom doesn't really get much better than that. Um, you know, really, really fun to watch. I think this is going to come down to, um, you know, who I, – I, I think this is honestly going to come down to who can make the other team make a mistake. You know, it, it's going to put – it's going to be one of those games where, you know, late in the game, some – you know, they're going to – you're going to have to do your best to put the ball in play – and you know, just just make things happen defensively. I mean, these I mean, these are two teams that are are generally all right defensively. Nothing incredibly special. So it's going to come down to you know who who late in the game is going to be able to you know force the defense to make a play and 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 make things happen. Or I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be one nothing on a you know maybe like an early home run or something. Yeah, the first two pitching matchups. Because you have an off day Friday, and then Strasburg against Syndergaard on Saturday, and then Wheeler will go up against uh, Patrick Corbin on Sunday. Yeah, three straight really, really fun pitching matchups. Yeah, and uh, let's break down the uh, New York Mets lineup. And obviously, when it comes to your notes here, Jed Lowry is still recovering from a sprained left knee, and then Joanna Cespedes underwent heel surgery, and he's out until midseason. Yeah, um, and I, I would even I'm gonna take it a step further and say that I pretty much don't really expect you know, and Cespedes to, um, you know, be back in the lineup, if at all. I expect him to be back in the lineup probably maybe late August, um, at the earliest. Um, you know, I think th- this double heel surgery is probably gonna set him back a while. Um, so when I take a look at my New York Mets opening day lineup. One thing that I love, and I just got to give a quick shout out to Brody Van Wagenen for making the correct decision on this. Uh, Pete uh, Pete Alonso will be uh, on the opening day roster for the New York Mets. Incredibly smart decision for them. He's a beast, and I think he's going to be the starting first baseman on opening day. Um, so my lineup looks like this. I have Brandon Nimmo leading off playing center field. I have Jeff McNeil in right field batting second. I have Robinson Cano at second base batting third. I have Michael Conforto in left field batting fourth. I have Wilson Ramos at the catching spot batting fifth. Pete Alonso at the first base position batting sixth. Ahmed Rosario at shortstop batting second. And then until, Je- and then until uh, Jed Lowry comes back and plays third, a guy who has had a very, very shockingly good spring for me is, is former Astros top prospect J.D. Davis. I have him batting eighth and playing third base over Todd Frazier. Yeah, Todd Frazier still recovering from a from a knee thing, and uh, 
and a strained left oblique, and then Jed Lowry's recovering from a left knee capsule. And uh, talking about our breakout stars for the New York Mets this year, I think uh, I'm picking Pete Alonso like you, and I think Michael Conforto is going to make a huge improvement in his game. Yeah. And, and then Brandon Nemo, I think, is going to continue to get better. Ahmed Rosario is going to be a stud. He's the new Jose Reyes in town for the Mets. Yeah, I love all of those picks uh, for breakout guys. Um, last year, they kind of let Ahmed Rosario uh, loose, um, you know, kind of allow him to just swing freely, uh, you know, kind of let it loose with his swing. And he really started to show dividends with that. The power started to come out. Um, I, I like the comparison to Reyes, although I think he has a little bit more pure power uh, than Jose did. Uh, but certainly, I really like the comparison. I think Conforto is going to be a 30-home run guy this year, an all-star. Um, I, I expect a lot of big things from him. Nimmo, I think, is going to be a really, really nice leadoff hitter for them. He's a high on base guy. He showed that last year. He was also at one point in the year in the second in the uh, for late first half of the season, he was top ten in the National League in slugging percentage. Actually, so don't sleep on him for that. Um, yes. But this, and also, I think this is a good chance for Juan Lagares to kind of steal that uh, one of these outfield spots with Cespedes being out. I think Juan Lagares is going to have a big, big year. Um, you know, I, I'm certainly waiting for him to do uh, to to kind of step up offensively. My thing is, is that right now with the way that I see my lineup. So um, when Jed Lowry comes back, obviously you're going to plug him in at third base. You're going to keep Cano at second. Um, I, obviously with Pete Alonso at first base. So for me, I a guy that I want in my lineup every day because he showed me last year that he was a consistent hitter is, is Jeff McNeil. So right now for me, he kind of has that uh, other outfield spot. Um, certainly if Lagara shows me that he has turned it, you know, really turned the corner offensively, uh, then, you know, we'll, we'll see. But you have Jeff McNeil as the center fielder. I have Jeff, I have Jeff McNeil in the out. I have Jeff McNeil in right field right now with Brandon Nimmo in center and Michael Conforto in left. Yeah, that's pretty, that's a pretty, that's pretty good right there. So now, uh, so you have uh, Nemo in center and then Conforto in right and then, uh, Jeff McNeil in left. Uh, Jeff McNeil in right, Nimmo in center, Conforto in left. I, th- I just feel like Conforto is a little bit more comfortable um, in left field. Uh, I, I don't really – out of the three of them, they don't really have – like none of them really has like a tremendous gun that I think would kind of profile a right fielder. So I'm kind of just sticking McNeil there just for the sake of – just for the sake of sticking yeah, in, and in I'll right field. Yeah, and I'll tell you my opening day lineup for the Mets until we get to – until we talk about the Washington Nationals here. So I have Brandon Nemo leading off and playing center field like you. Hitting second is the uh, is the shortstop, Ahmed Rosario. Hitting third is the left fielder, Michael Conforto. Hitting fourth is the uh, hitting fourth is the uh, second baseman, Robinson Cano. Hitting fifth is the catcher, Wilson Ramos. Hitting sixth is the uh, hitting sixth is the uh, is the uh, th- first baseman, Peter Alonso. Hitting seventh is the third baseman. Uh, is the third baseman J.D. Davis, like you said, and uh, until Jed Lowry comes back. And then hitting eighth is the uh, right fielder, uh, Jeff McNeil. And then hitting ninth is obviously Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, okay, I like that lineup. I actually kind of like the idea of having McNeil down in the lineup. Um, you know, I never really thought about it, but he is a, he's, he could be a pretty solid um, you know, eight hitter with, with the fact that he's able to put the ball in play consistently. He can turn the lineup over nicely. Yeah, and then also, the my favorite 
sign addition to the New York Mets this year other than Cano is Edwin Diaz and bringing back Jaras Familia. Absolutely love that. I think that's going to be one of the best bullpen one-two punches in baseball. Diaz. To, to be able to get a guy in Diaz who is not only a young dude, but, you know, electric stuff, led the majors in saves last year. Unbelievable get for them. And then bringing Jairus Familia back, who has that late game closing, you know, late game experience. Um, you know, obviously familiar with the Mets culture and everything. Um, great clubhouse guy for them. I, I love it. And as far as dynamic stuff goes, they're certainly top five as far as one-two punches go. Absolutely. So now let's talk about uh, the Nationals. And uh, they're going to send up Max Scherzer on the mound. And then notes uh, that we predicted Michael Taylor to be in, in center field with Robles and right. But now Michael Taylor is going to miss a lot of time with left knee and left hip sprains, which isn't good for them. And then also Adam Eaton is expected to be the starting right fielder. And also Howie Kendricks coming back to be the backup first baseman for Ryan Zimmerman. And, and when it comes to who's going to be the – the primary catcher, it's going to be Jan Gomes over uh, Kurt Suzuki. Yeah, which I think makes sense. I think as far as production offensively goes, um, Jan Gomes is a better option. Um, I think Suzuki, as far as just being a better hitter for average, is probably over Gomes. But Gomes has shown that he has that pure power. Um, he had it when he was in uh, Cleveland. Obviously, couldn't really stay healthy. Um, but when he is healthy, he's got really, really nice power for them. And I think he'll be uh, a pretty solid addition to the lineup. Yeah, so my lineup of the Nationals goes like this. So I have uh, Adam Eaton leading off, and then I have uh, I have Trey Turner hitting second, and then Anthony Rendon hitting third like we talked about before, and then Juan Soto hitting fourth, and then hitting fifth is the first baseman, Ryan Zimmerman. Hitting sixth is the second baseman, the former Dodger, Brian Dozier. Hitting seventh is the catcher, Jan Gomes, and hitting eighth is the center fielder, Victor Robles. Yeah, we have pretty much the same lineup. I just flip-flopped it with uh, Eaton and Turner, um, with uh, Trey Turner leading off and Adam Eaton batting second. But other than that, we have pretty much the same lineup. Yeah, I kind of flip it, too, because uh, I think Trey Turner is a better leadoff hitter, and then we didn't expect Adam Eaton to be in the lineup. Now with Michael Taylor, going to miss a lot of time. This, I really think that Victor Robles is going to have a very, very big year this year. And Juan Soto, too, who's too good for a sophomore slump. Oh, yeah. Juan Soto, I think, is going to jump right back in there. And I think he, he can he can potentially hit 35, 40 home runs this year. He's got unbelievable power. Um, really showed last year not only with not only the great power, but such a disciplined hitter. Good swing up at the plate. Really, really nice approach. Uh, that I think is going to translate to him having a, a really, really good sophomore year. Yes, and now let's talk about 10 teams that we're looking forward to watching in 2019, other than our Dodgers and the Mets. So I'll start with my list. So one of the teams I'm looking forward to watching this year, one of them is the uh, San Diego Padres. The second team I'm looking forward to seeing this year is the uh, Cincinnati Reds. The third team I'm looking forward to seeing is the Louis Cardinals. The fourth team I'm looking forward to seeing this year is I'm interested in seeing how the Nationals are going to do with, without Bryce Harper. One of them on that list is the Washington Nationals. The fifth team that I'm looking forward on that list is the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm also looking forward to seeing the Texas Rangers. That's my sixth team I'm looking forward to seeing this year. And then the Chicago White Sox, seven. And then uh, the eighth team would I'm looking forward to seeing is the Tampa Bay Rays. Then the Toronto Blue Jays. And then the New York All right, Rays. so my list looks a little bit like this. Um, I have the... I'm very, very interested to see the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, you know, Paul Goldschmidt getting Andrew Miller in there, absolutely tremendous. 
Looking forward to seeing the Tampa Bay Rays. I, like you, think this is going to be one of the two American League wildcard teams. Um, I think the New York Yankees, like I've said, I think they're going to win the world. I think they're going to win the American League this year and go to the World Series. Aaron Judge is going to be the MVP. American, American League, League East, East. Yes. but I do think they're going to win the American League and go to the World Series. Um, I'm interested to see the Colorado Rockies, um, especially now that they got that Nolan Arenado extension out of the way. Hopefully, that bullpen can clean itself up. Um, I'm interested to see the Philadelphia Phillies now that they got Bryce Harper. Um, I really hope he does not kill the Mets all year long, but we'll see. I'm interested to see the Chicago White Sox. I'm interested to see the Minnesota Twins. Like I've said, do not sleep on the Twins. they got some really good players on there. I'm interested to see how the Padres look with Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm interested to see how the Toronto Blue Jays look with Vlad Guerrero Jr. when he comes back healthy. And my final team, I'm interested to see the Washington Nationals and what they look like without Bryce Harper. Like we talked about with the Nationals without Bryce Harper, this is going to be still a fun yeah. team to watch. I think this is going to yeah, be a good they're team still, still. No, they're still going to be able to compete for the top of the division. Um, you know, obviously getting Juan Soto is a great player for them. Um, you know, Rendon is tremendous. I think one of the most underrated players in baseball. But, you know, it's now a different element not having Bryce Harper in that lineup. So we'll see kind of how that changes the complexion of this team. Yes, absolutely. And then my final MLB thought of the day is I'm looking forward to opening day. And then after this segment is over, then you and I will start. Well, I'm looking forward to when you and I talk about some football stuff and catch you up to speed on what happened. And then we will also talk about when we reflect on Rob Gronkowski's yeah, amazing um, career. Absolutely. My final MLB thought, like you, I'm incredibly excited for opening day. I really cannot wait for this season. And like I said, I want to give uh, – like I've already done, I'm going to do it again. I want to give a quick shout-out to Brody uh, for making the right decision on bringing uh, Peter Alonzo to the big league roster, making my, uh, making my heart happy, and I cannot wait to see that kid at the big league level. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be a good season for all. And then when next week comes, Keith, for our MLB shows, we're going to have a lot to talk about when it yeah, comes to those it's, games. Uh, I, I really cannot wait. I cannot wait at all for opening day. I'm so happy that baseball's back. Yeah, and then when we come back, when we t- when we pause for a little bit, we'll talk about the NFL stuff, how the offseason's shaking up, and let's talk about reflecting on the career of Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> 